it's a good week to talk about free agency. And I suppose we could talk about some Chiefs. Let's do it. Welcome to the Chief of the North podcast, the land of 10,000 takes. I'm your host, Minnesota Chiefs fan, or Seth Kaiser, and we are a little ways into free agency. The first wave of signings is clearly over. Things have slowed down quite a bit, and for me, it's time to step back and take a look at the, uh, the roster as it currently stands. The Chiefs were very active initially in free agency with a pair of big signings, and since then have been pretty quiet outside of getting a backup quarterback and retaining their own guys. I want to talk about one aspect of free agency today. I want to talk about the defense. Um, I want to talk about Anthony Hitchens. I've reviewed his film now as of the last recording when I was discussing Sammy Watkins. I hadn't reviewed Hitchens much other than a thing here and a thing there. Now I can talk about him quite a bit more. I'll talk about what he brings to the defense. And then I'm going to talk about the defense as a whole and where we're currently at. Because as of right now... I'm worried, and I don't mind telling you guys that. You know, you never know how things will play out once a team hits the field. It's just too impossible to predict players that will develop and players that will regress and all that stuff. But as of right now, I find myself feeling oddly worried about the defense. Maybe not oddly worried. Maybe I think a lot of you share that concern. But I want to talk about where we're at from a defensive standpoint, I was actually having a conversation with a good buddy of mine, and, and he had stated, you know, he's feeling pretty pessimistic. He asked me to cheer him up. So we had a long conversation about, you know, kind of viewing things from one direction and viewing things from another. And that's what made me think of this. I want to look at the defense from a pessimistic point of view, and then I want to look at the defense from an optimistic point of view. Now, obviously, free agency isn't over. There's still guys out there that could absolutely help the defense. There's actually multiple quality players that are still left out there. And so I understand things aren't over yet, but things have quieted down enough to where it certainly feels like the Chiefs are done, at least with signing guys that maybe have the potential to to play a lot of snaps and make an impact. And so I think it's time to take a look and just talk about why I'm maybe a little bit worried. Uh, the other thing I want to do is close off with a mailbag, and then we're going to call it a day. So hopefully we'll be able to get through all that in the new abbreviated version of the Chief in the North. We'll see what happens here. So first of all, Anthony Hitchens. Um, most of you probably read the article on Arrowhead Pride that I wrote about him. Uh, if you haven't, go ahead and check it out. You can find it on Arrowhead Pride or just Google Anthony Hitchens Film Review. I'm sure you'll be able to find it somehow. So I went back, I reviewed four games of Hitchens, and I kind of invented a new methodology. I hadn't charted snaps for an inside linebacker before. And so I, I what I looked at were the following things. Stuffs, those are run stuff for two yards or less, where the defensive player that I'm reviewing was the primary cause, not just jumping on the pile. Washouts, play where he got washed out of plays by an individual blocker, by a double teams. Uh, fills, that's where a correct gap was filled and a runner was forced to be redirected another direction, which for the record, redirected another direction, goodness gracious. For the record, a, a proper gap filled and a runner redirected is more important than you think because what that does is it takes the blocking and it forces the runner to go away from where the play is originally set up to go. I also charted saves where it looks like a big play could have occurred if not for an extraordinary effort 
by Hitchens, and I thought of that one watching Eric Berry because he does so much of that. I charted false steps. That's just what it sounds like when when he took a false step and it caused him to to be a step slow to recover on the play, uh, whether it was due to a play action fake, a counter, or just reading the play wrong. Successful coverage, failed coverage, neutral coverage, just all what they sound like. So here's the deal. After charting all that in four games against Green Bay, Atlanta, the Chargers, and the Raiders, I walked away pretty impressed with Hitchens. Um, he, he, for one thing, he, to me, looked like the best linebacker on the field for the Cowboys. Now, to be fair, Sean Lee only played about a game and a half, and I, he might have been nicked up in those. But he was, in my opinion, he was the most fundamentally sound. He was the guy who made the most, uh, made the most plays that I noticed. He was also the guy who, generally speaking, didn't like like uh, uh, Jalen Smith, who is a great physical talent, really needs to work on his recognition. Um, like I said, he's an incredible athlete, but he just he doesn't always it doesn't always translate on the field because he doesn't always see what's going on. Hitchens doesn't have that problem. So after watching his film, I can say very very comfortably that he should be a marked upgrade over what the Chiefs had at inside linebacker last year, whether you're talking DJ, who, you know, obviously is a great, 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 great player, but in 2017 had 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 by and large lost it, and we were lucky to see average play out of him on a lot of games, or KPL or whoever else. Uh, he played very, very well. He's an excellent run defender. He he always gets to the right spot. He closes on the ball very quickly. I noticed that he's got good closing speed. I've noticed that he recognizes where the play is going. I've noticed that he make he wraps up. I didn't see him miss a tackle. He and I believe Pro Football Focus actually claims that he didn't miss a single tackle all year. So he hits hard. He wraps up nicely. He's always where he's supposed to be. He very, very rarely gets faked out. It, it's He's just good in run defense. He's what you really want to see. He's also able to take on blockers in space. He's able to make them miss quite a bit, which is a huge deal because given where our defensive line is at, he might have some blockers running at him. And so he, he showed a knack for that. He also was able to stack and shed when he needed to. Although he rarely had to do that because he was good at avoiding blockers in space. So looking at looking at Hitchens' film, I would call that a marked upgrade at a very problematic position for the Chiefs last year. When Reggie Ragland came into the fold, it kind of helped settle things down a little bit. And we all noticed the difference in having competent play from one inside linebacker spot. With Hitchens, I think you're going to see some improvement there as well. like Almost in almost an exponential improvement in that now Ragland will be next to another guy who can thump, but who can also help pursue. And so I'm, I'm excited to see that. That's a very clear marked upgrade on a defense that needed upgrades in a lot of places, and I'm not sure if it's gotten them. So that was that was really encouraging for me. I'm excited to see what he can do to help the run defense. As far as a pass defender goes, Dallas played a lot of cover two. He dropped back into coverage quite a bit. Um, he's not great at it due to his lack of long speed, and he doesn't have great change of direction. However, he seemed perfectly competent to it. I'm not sure I agree with the people that, oh, he's terrible in coverage. I'm not sure I agree with that. He's pretty consistently got proper depth on his zones and maintained awareness of the guys around him. That's basically all you need from a linebacker in coverage, unless you're asking him to take on like a Luke Keekley role and be a main coverage defender. And the Chiefs don't ask their linebackers to do that. They didn't ask DJ to do it, and they're not going to ask him to do it. He did occasionally drop into coverage on tight ends and running backs, and he generally did a pretty decent job. Now, 
Is it going to be a mismatch, him against, you know, Kamara or someone like that? Yes, of course. So is literally every other linebacker in the league, except for, again, like a Keekly. And that's just, there's, you know, one of him. And so I would call him perfectly competent in coverage. We'll see how he looks in Bob Sutton's scheme with that, with regards to that area. But based on the quotes that we've heard from Andy Reid, they plan on having him be their three-down guy. They plan on having him in there in nickel and in dime sets. And one really cool thing that I noted in Reid's press conference is that he made very, very clear that in nickel packages, it's going to be Ragland and Hitchens next to one another. And that's a really good little nugget there because for a lot of last season in nickel packages, it was... Sorensen playing the other inside linebacker role, and he just was very ill-suited for it. And we all know that. He was being asked to do something that maybe that Eric Berry can do. Sure, play he can play linebacker. Uh, Cam Chancellor can do it. After that, the list of safeties who can effectively perform that role, maybe Harrison Smith could do it. It's just it's just a short list. That's you're you're not asking to do something that almost anyone can do. And so that's encouraging to me. That's a nice little schematic nugget that we picked up. Um, here's, here's, here's the flip side of things. The rest of the defense, I'm not sure how encouraged I am about. Just as a quick tidbit, it came out yesterday that the Chiefs met with Xavier Williams, who is a, who, who's a defensive tackle out of Arizona. Apparently a pretty decent player, nothing that uh, wows anyone or anything like that, but he got decent grades from Pro Football Focus. I haven't reviewed much of his film at all, so I don't know much about him. The Bleacher Report Top 1000 was okay with him as a well-rounded player. Brandon Thorne did that. I trust Brandon's analysis. And so, I, you know, it's good to know that they're still kicking the tires on guys around along the defensive line. He is a restricted free agent, but he's restricted with an original round tender. And he, uh, he, he, he was an undrafted free agent. And so that means that if the Cardinals don't match, the Chiefs don't have to send them any compensation. So we'll see what happens with that. It's really encouraging to me that they're still kicking the tires on guys because, well, look, that's where we, we'll get into it. Here's where we're at with the defense as things currently stand. And I'll do my best not to forget anyone, but I, I'm going to look at things from a little more pessimistic point of view for a minute. Because as of right now, if you think of the moves that the Chiefs have made, they really haven't made that many moves along the defense. Now, Hitchens is obviously their big get along the defense. And hey, it was a position of extreme weakness last year. Big upgrade there. Awesome. That's great. However, if you look, they've, they've cut Ron Parker, who he played badly last year. And I get that. But he was, in my opinion, better than any of the other safeties like Sorensen or Murray. And um, you've, you've got McQuay, who's completely unproven. And so they, they haven't done anything there. Then you look at corner, which obviously Marcus Peters got shipped out. And Kendall Fuller got shipped in. And then Amerson was signed. And so right now you've got a top three of Fuller, Amerson, and Steven Nelson, who's perfectly competent. But has not strung together a lot of games of good play in his career. Now, I think 2016, he was pretty decent in the nickel. But again, you're, you're, he's still a bit of a question mark in my eyes. That's just the truth. And so then after them, you've got a bunch of question marks and a bunch of almost non-existent depth. That's really concerning for me because you're... you're you're going to have four corners on the field and you can also have corners get injured. And so right now the chiefs corner depth is wildly concerning to me. So that's, that's where you stand there. 
haven't made any moves along the edge, right? We talked a lot about, you know, what are they going to do along the edge? Well, Andy Reid has said now, and Brett Veach has said now, you know, that, that D Ford will be with the team. They expect him to play well. It's a contract year. I get all that. Um, you know, it wasn't too long ago going into last year that we were all fairly optimistic about D Ford. And I, I get all of that. He actually, if you if you watch the tape in the first three or four games of the season when he was healthy, he did help the pass rush quite a bit. And it's not necessarily just because he's a great pass rusher or something. I don't think he's great. He's okay. He's a decent pass rusher. But it added a lot to the defense because Chris Jones and Justin Houston are already such a handful that having him there... It just creates a little more of a problem. Pass rush is exponential in that nature in that it, it, it one plus one doesn't necessarily equal two because it gives offenses so much more to think about. So he helped there. I get that. He still is a liability against the run the last time we saw him on the field. And we haven't seen a full season of him playing even decently at uh, right outside linebacker. Um, Passanio is a guy who flashed a lot of potential, but... It's always iffy to count on guys to go from some potential but no production to suddenly being great. Now, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And then you've got the defensive line from everything I'm seeing. Uh, Benny Logan is walking. And so that leaves the Chiefs currently without a nose tackle. Now, Xavier Williams, he he played he played some nose tackle as far as uh, some, some zero tech and some one tech. Uh, at with Arizona, and so that they could be looking there, uh, but again, right now they're just looking at Hamilton as the only nose tackle on their roster. They tendered Nacho. I haven't heard of with him meeting anyone, so I think he'll be a cheap this next year. Um, they re-signed Jarvis Jenkins. I'm perfectly fine with that for a cheap deal. Um, they're keeping Allen Bailey. Fair enough. And Chris Jones. The defensive end rotation isn't terrible. Um, it's it. I mean, outside of Chris Jones, it's a little underwhelming. We'll see how Bailey plays this year. They apparently really like him, so fair enough. Um, but again, the defensive line, it really lacks pass rush outside of Chris Jones. And that's a problem. So here, here's, here's, here's the pessimistic look at the defense. Last year, they were terrible right? Um, They had some games where they performed okay, but they were terrible. And now, they got rid of one of their best two players from last year in Marcus Peters. Uh, Yes, they brought in uh, Fuller, who I think is going to be a stud, but even in your most optimistic viewpoint of Fuller, that that's something that at best cancels out unless Fuller is significantly better than even I'm anticipating on a snap-by-snap basis. And maybe that could be. We'll see what happens. I think Fuller's going to be a star. But it's tough to imagine that being a win. And so that 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 comes out pretty neutral. Then you've got Amerson, who was bad in 2017, was very meh in 2016. Last good season was 2015. And they've already said they wanted to play 90% press man, which is not his gig. Then you've got Steven Nelson, who's competent, but eh, he was there near the end of the season last year. I don't know. So, again, we're looking at the, the, the pessimistic point of view here. You've got a defense that was generally bad last year, and the only significant addition they've made, well, they made two significant additions. One is canceled out by the subtraction. That's Fuller Peters. The other's at inside linebacker. They didn't upgrade the defensive line. They didn't upgrade the pass rush. Pass rush was a problem last year. And they didn't do anything at safety so far where they just have these gaping holes there. Murray did not play well last year. Sorensen did not play well last year. And so when you look at the defense as a whole, yes, there's talent there. 
Um, they have talent with regards to, obviously, Houston, Chris Jones, Hitchens and Ragland, Kendall Fuller, and Eric Berry. Yes, Eric Berry coming back. That'll help. Fine. But the, after you name those guys, there are some gaping holes where you're kind of hoping, guys, will come along. You're, you're hoping that D Ford is better this year or that he stays healthy. You're hoping Passanio takes a step forward. You're hoping Eric Murray plays well. You're hoping Danny Sorensen plays well. You're hoping David Amerson plays like he did in 2015. You're hoping guys come forward and play well with depth. Now, here's the big problem. They could have done a lot more on defense and free agency. And I'm not knocking the Watkins signing. I think it's going to be really exciting to watch that offense move. But at the same time, the offense was very good last year, and we talked about this in previous episodes, and rather than going out and solidifying the side of the ball that desperately needed help, instead they doubled down on offense, and that might be fun to watch. On the flip side of that, you usually can't outscore every team. You can't score 40 every game. That's just not the way it works, and the Chiefs defense as of right now doesn't look like it's made enough moves to be improved. That's the pessimistic viewpoint of things, is that a defense that was very, very underwhelming with regards to talent. And here's something to note. Andy Reid and Clark Hunt, after the season was over, they kind of threw the talent last year on defense under the bus. They made it clear that that's why they were siding with Sutton. That's why they decided to retain him. Oh, some guys got long in the tooth. We had some issues of talent out there. Okay, fair enough. It's talent. Great. So do something about it. And the problem is they really haven't to this point as of this recording. And so we'll see what happens, right? I, I have I have no idea where things will go from here. But right now, that's the pessimistic viewpoint is that they lacked talent last year and they really didn't do anything to bring in extra new talent. So that's a pessimistic viewpoint of things. We're already way beyond what I was hoping to do for the halfway point. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and try to bring it around with the optimistic viewpoint of things. Then we're going to talk a little bit about guys that I think we could still look into. And then we'll take some mailbag questions. So we're going to do all that right after this. Okay. We've already been pessimistic. Now it's time to be optimistic. We're trying to figure out, okay, how could things work out well for the Chiefs? in 2018 with regards to their defense. And so here's here's the optimistic viewpoint. It, and it starts with Eric Berry, of course. Last year, the Chiefs' defense was missing probably what I'd call their best player or second best player, depending on what you think of Justin Houston. Um, that's a huge deal, obviously. You know, Andy Reid even said, you got to remember Eric Berry's coming back. He's the quarterback of our defense. So I get that. I really do. He's an important player. And so that obviously is going to be a huge upgrade at what was arguably the worst position on the field for the Chiefs last year. The Chiefs secondary was, it struggled for a lot of the season, but down the stretch it was safety where they were really bad. Well, now you've signed, you've got an all-pro coming back. Imagine if the Chiefs had signed an all-pro safety. Everyone would be ecstatic. Well, that's what's happening with Eric Berry. The one good thing about his Achilles injury is that it happened in week one. And so he's got had plenty of time to get healthy. From everything I'm hearing, he's a superhuman. So I'm sure he's going to be fine. I have very little doubt in that. So that's where that's where optimism starts. The the next place for optimism is Eric Berry coming back will change the roles of the other safeties. Um, Danny Sorensen should be allowed to not have to play that linebacker type role and actually sit back either in robber or over the top where he oddly enough because he's not a great athlete but he's superior back in coverage and so that should help him return to 2016 level of play in that more limited over the top role rather than having him try to be your 
Eric Berry light. And so that 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 should happen with him because he played fairly competently in 2016. Not great, but competently. And so that would be an improvement just by rotating what his job is. Now, we'll have to see what happens with Eric Murray and that kind of stuff. Um, the hope is that Murray with another year in the system or McQuay with another year in the system, they take a step forward to where they can at least play at an average level. With regards to the corners, here's what I'll say to that. Last season, for about three quarters of the season, the Chiefs had a worse corner group than the one they currently have on the roster, even if they don't make any more moves. And what I mean by that is, you know, when Steven Nelson was hurt before they signed Revis, you had Marcus Peters, and he was playing with, you know, Acker, Gaines, Mitchell, who took a step backwards last year, which was really unfortunate, uh, with regards to being grabby, with regards to getting beat. That was just tougher for Terrence Mitchell, although I personally think he would have been a nice guy to retain, but that's neither here nor there. So... I, I, if you look at that group and you look at what they played for like three-fourths of the season, it was horrible. I think Amerson and Steven Nelson, because remember, Nelson didn't come on until late in the year when he recovered and then it took him a few games to get back in the swing of things. Then he was competent down the stretch. So Amerson and Nelson are better than what the Chiefs had for most of last season. And if you recall, last season, when Revis got brought on board and got brought up to speed and Nelson got brought back and got brought up to speed, the coverage became much more competent. The pass defense wasn't nearly as horrible, starting in that Week 14 win against the Raiders. So the hope is that that level of competency that we saw from that group is what we can see from the group we currently have, where Fuller will play very, very well, and Nelson and Amerson can be competent. And I think there's some good reasons to think that that could happen. So that's the that's the optimistic viewpoint of that there, is that they can at least be competent in coverage, which is unlike what they had a lot of last season. Obviously, like I've talked about a little bit, Hitchens is a huge upgrade over what they had at inside linebacker. The run defense should be significantly improved by his presence, especially when you counter that, or not counter that, but when you add on top of that, Eric Berry being added back in as well. So the run defense should be much better, which will help the Chiefs not be in bad situations on third down. Now, that though, though, that's the good news there. The other good news, again, with D Ford coming back, like I talked about already, the addition of D Ford is bigger than just D Ford himself as a player. The way it worked a lot for the Chiefs last year is Justin Houston and Chris Jones. They won a fair amount of the time. They did a good job. But there was just nothing. There was no pass rush from anyone else. And it was almost like Sutton knew that's how things were going, and that's why he was always dropping extra guys back into coverage and that kind of stuff. I don't think he trusted other guys to get pressure on the quarterback. Um, Alan Bailey occasionally does it. It's so interesting. When Bailey has a good game, the entire defensive level gets raised up because it matters so much having a third guy who is at least competent. And the Chiefs rarely had that last year. So if you throw in D. Ford, he is a competent competent pass rusher that should help especially on third downs so there are th- there are reasons to be hopeful with the return of Eric Berry the addition of Anthony Hitchens um, young guys having another year in the system Danny Sorensen maybe being returned to a role that's better suited for him D Ford coming back the defense as it currently sits right now without signing a single other player is better from a talent perspective than it was last year. So that's the that that that's the that's the optimistic viewpoint. It's better from a talent perspective, and we're gonna have to see because Reed and, and Veach and Bob Sutton put a lot of pressure on themselves by trading Marcus Peters. 
essentially based on some of the stuff they said, basically saying, you know, we're better off for this. Okay, we'll see. But now it's really on them to show that. And so it is a more talented defense than it was last year. Of course, the big the, the counter to that would be, yeah, but the defense last year was terrible. Right. And so I think the ceiling for this defense is average. If they can be average on defense, which, again, when you look at Bob Sutton's history as defensive coordinator, they've been good in most of the years. They've been average in a year or two, and then last year they were bad. Um, with the worst talent they've ever had. So the idea is you can get back to an average point at least. They do have some incredibly talented players on the defense. And I don't think there's a reason to think that they can't at least be average with that talent if things break right the rest of the way. If things break really right, they could be much better than average. But I think there's a lot of reasons to think they could be average. And if they're average with the offense that they're shaping up to have, average should be good enough, honestly. Um that's uh that that's that's how I would look at that. And then one other side note. While the offense was good last year, it was inconsistent on a drive by drive and game by game basis, and at times that hung the defense out to dry. A good example of that would be the playoff game where the Chiefs defense got pushed up against the wall time and time again because the offense could not move the ball. They just couldn't do it. All you needed, all you needed was one five-minute drive from the offense to completely change what that game looks like. And so the offense maybe coming to an elite status this year, which looks very possible, will help the defense by default just by not putting them in so many bad positions. So... That's the optimistic point of view. Very quickly now, there are some guys that the Chiefs could still look into that could still help the defense. Along the defensive line, you've got Jonathan Hankins. Getting him would probably require some salary cap maneuvering, but that's always possible. People make way too big a deal about how much room you have and don't have, honestly. There's always flexibility if you really, really want it. Um, Hankins would be a huge get. They could bring back Benny Logan on a cheaper deal because he's still out there. There's Klug out of Tennessee, who's an average defensive lineman. Those are guys that could help add at least to the depth of the defensive line. And Hankins in particular, I think, would really help out with the run defense especially. So that would be good. I hope they close on Xavier Williams. I think he would help out. He's a competent player, and you need as many of those guys as you can get in your rotation, especially guys who have have experience playing zero tech and one tech. At safety, that's been like the uh, the really quiet area in free agency, right? There are still a lot of competent safeties left on the market. You've, you've got Burnett, you've got Trey Boston, you've got Eric Reed, you've got Tyvon Branch, you've got Searcy out of Tennessee. There are a bunch of guys there that could still help. Now, for one reason or another, the safety market has been extremely dead, but... I don't see why you can't look into one of those guys. I mean, especially I think Trey Boston would be a good fit. I think Eric, Eric Reed would be a good fit. I think Branch would be, honestly, any of those guys would help raise the overall talent level. And if they even signed just one of them, I would feel much better about the defense as it currently stands. At cornerback, you've still got Breland out because he had that cut on his foot with an infection, which was unfortunate for him. So the contract with the Panthers fell apart. So he, everyone knows that he's out for another couple months because of the infection in his foot. So he might be a guy that you could get for cheap right now, which is hard luck for him, but could be good luck for the Chiefs. EJ Gaines is still out there as of the time of this recording. Um, those are guys that could really help the overall talent level at corner. And then on the edge, Junior Galette is still out there, which, again, for me, it's all about improving the overall talent. And I think they could do that 
with him. So there are still guys out there on the market who could help this defense quite a bit. And so I don't see any reason why they don't go those directions because some of these guys, they're not going to break the bank. They're not going to be that expensive. And so they can still help the defensive level. I do have to say, if they don't at least get another couple guys in there, I'm going to go into the draft fairly concerned. I really am because the the defensive talent level, yes, it's better than it was last year. But going into this offseason, my thoughts were that they really needed to address the defensive talent level a lot more than they have. And so we'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little worried, to be honest. So hopefully they end up signing another couple guys. At this point, like I said, if they even sign just one of the guys that I just listed there at safety or along the defensive line or at corner, I'll feel a lot better. If they close on Williams, I'll feel better. Um, if they get one of these safeties as well, I'd feel way better. That would be enough to make me, okay, now I'm comfortable with the improvement in talent. But as of right now, I'm still a little uncomfortable. So with all that said, I got some mailbag questions. You guys, man, I only put this out right before I started recording. And as always, you guys just showed up. So I'm going to go in order of, uh, of people they went. And so some of these, just for the record, some of you, if I don't answer your question, a lot of you asked about um, things that I've already talked about. So I'm going to skip over those things. Oh, excuse my cough. You'd think I'd edit that out, but I'm not going to. Not this time. Maybe next time I'll tell Pete to edit that out. But for right now, let's 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 save him the work, shall we? Anyway, going in, um, we got uh, Geoff Winningham asks, what's going to happen at the safety spot opposite Barry? Seems like the biggest hole where no moves have been made. I agree completely. I'm hoping they sign someone. As of right now, I think the plan is either McQuay or Murray. And then Sorensen is the third safety. I'm not great with that plan, but that seems to be the direction they're going. Uh, Manuel Q says, you still high on Junior Gallette. He's a beast. Not sure what DC is doing. I personally would like him in Kansas City, but I don't really know what the deal is there. I would have thought he would have had more interest, but, but it looks like they're rolling with D Ford, and so I'm guessing they don't do anything there. J.M. Cardi, 1982 says, is there a more important draft position than edge for KC? So many long-term questions combined with contributor immediately. I don't think they go edge. I think they are going to stick with D Ford. I think K pass is the guy of the future. Uh, Matt Lane says, when KC was looking into Ryan Jensen's agent, free agent, offensive center, do you think it was engaged the center market to see about bringing back Fulton? Or do you think it was real interest in improving upon Mitch Morse? Um, that was a report that you saw in, in, in on the Monday morning quarterback or on SI.com. I don't remember where it was, but they talked about Kansas City inquired about Ryan Jensen as a free agency, very uh, in free agency very early. Um, my personal theory, uh, given what uh, given what they've said about Mitch Moore since, I think they were probably inquiring to maybe try to put him at guard would be my guess. But here again, I'm a big Mitch Morse homer. So, you know me. Um, Grand H. Tuttle asks, uh, what do you think of Tim Settle for the Chiefs' second-round pick? Um, hey, I'd be fine with it. I haven't watched the guy, though. Uh, so, you know, I, this is the time of year where, unfortunately, I'm still very not up-to-date on draft picks. I usually only watch them after the Chiefs take them, honestly. Charles Rucker says, Mike Pouncey interest after learning interest for a center guard. Uh, they could kick the tires if they want. I don't know if he's 
that good in particular, but I think he could maybe be an upgrade over Witzman, but I don't know whether or not he's comfortable moving to guard. You know, Jeff Schwartz shared on Twitter a quote from someone talking about moving from left guard to right guard saying, you know, try, try to wipe your butt with your left hand. You know, it's not nearly as easy as people think. Um, Graham Richardson asks, update on the season tickets. I was, uh, I, I was talking on Twitter about ch- trying to talk my wife into season tickets this year. Um, the unfortunate thing, well, not unfortunate, I love what I do. Because I'm a pastor, obviously games on Sundays are going to be out of the question for me the majority of the time. And so I need to wait and see how many primetime games the Chiefs have and then try to figure something out. You know, maybe even go halvesies with someone, but then they'd have to be willing to let me go to the primetime games while they go to the Sunday games. That doesn't seem fair. So that's your update, Graham. My wife hasn't given me a firm no, so we'll we'll see about that. Uh, Frankie Likasi, sorry, dude, I butchered that. What would signing another running back mean for the Chiefs? Probably the end of, of, of the road for Charkandrick West would be my guess. Spencer Ware has a lot of skill. Um, West does too, but I think um, they're they're clearly looking for with the with the guys that they've been associated with, guys that could help on third down, and so I I, I think that would be the end of the road for West. Um, Jake Smith asked, did you notice any traits that, that Tano Passanio developed between his college film and his rookie season? I remember him being very raw in 2018 being the target date for him contributing. I still think he has the tools to develop into a solid, solid edge across from Houston Thoughts. Yes, he absolutely has the tools. As his rookie year progressed, you saw him become uh, more comfortable standing up. You saw him more comfortable as an edge player and without his hand in the dirt. He looked a little more fluid out there, looked a little more decisive. And so now it's going to be a matter of how much did he progress this offseason. He is a great athlete for his size, but he's still a little a little stiff for the spot. However, he does have a little bend around the edge. When I say stiff, I mean more like the way he moves in space. I think the potential's there. He's definitely strong, definitely fast. It's just going to be a matter of how used to things is he now? Because he was coming in doing something completely different than anything he'd ever done, and he went from being completely unplayable early in the year. Because remember when D4 got hurt, they just threw out Frank Zombo there, snap after snap. They did not want passing you on the field to a guy who you know had a couple of sacks against Denver in the uh, in the Week 17 game. Now, again, that was kind of the game of the backups, but he looked okay out there. He looked like he could produce, and so I'm thinking that there was that amount of pro- improvement. What you're hoping is that can continues into this year. Um, Cody Pfeiffer asks, what do you think we'll get out of Ford this year? Um, I think Ford will, he's in a contract year. I think Ford will be more like what he was in 2016 than 2017. And the pass rush as a whole will look significantly better. I really do. Um, Snurper head. I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> Says, I'm scared about the defense. Will it be goodish or vermeilish? This defense, and one thing I want to make really clear, has many more way talented players than the Vermeil defense has ever had. The Vermeil defenses didn't have a single player as good as Eric Berry, as good as Justin Houston, as good as Kendall Fuller, as good as Anthony Hitchens, even, or as good as Chris Jones. They didn't have a single player that good. And so. I wouldn't uh I wouldn't I wouldn't worry that about the defense being that bad. Um Chiefs T asks, will Bob Sutton's Wooby Frank Zombo make the team? I would be surprised, but I have no idea, honestly. Um I just have no idea. They seem to really love him. Alright, we've got time for just a couple more here. Jesse Wiggins asks, is it too much the way the team is built to expect twenty five points per game from Mahomes? Absolutely not. The team I believe 
put up more than that last season, or at least around that mark. Now they've added Sammy Watkins, and I think Patrick Mahomes is going to surprise people. I really do. Maybe not people outside of Kansas City, but I think Patrick Mahomes is going to come in next year, and that offense is going to be scary. I really do. And so, <laughs> Charles Sawyer asks, would you rather watch for the rest of your life tape of Sorensen failing in run defense or watch Alex Smith check downs with Kelsey Hill open downfield? Ugh. Um, probably watching the the check downs because at least those can result in positive plays. <laughs> Ugh. That's gross. Why are you guys trying to depress me today? I don't even understand. Um, Lee Eldridge, why haven't the Chiefs signed those 15 free agents as demanded by Chiefs Kingdom to fix their defense? Um... I don't know. I really don't. Uh, the, for whatever reason, they decided Watkins was more important. Uh, Truman Burbank asked, and again, we've only got time for a couple more here. How big a signing would Jonathan Hankins be for the Chiefs? A very big one. That would be huge. Jared Spaulding asked, as it stands right now, is our defense better or worse than it was at the end of last season? Better because of Eric Berry um, and Anthony Hitchens. Still nervous, though, because <laughs> we need to be better than just not awful. That's a that's a big deal. All right, so I've got time for one more. Um, <laughs> um, this one is from my uh, my my old pal Seven Fifty Eight, whose name right now is ASAP Brad. I don't even want to know what that means, man. I really don't. And this is a non-football question, so we'll close with that. Why not? Alien or Aliens? I prefer the sequel personally. Great combo of horror and action. Um. I would go with Aliens as well, and maybe this is a, a horrible thing to say, but I've watched Alien, and I don't know, it's just a little too slow for me, personally. Now, I think part of that is, I know what the movie's about. You know, I didn't go in cold like original audiences did, and so, like, the slow buildup of the horror, it just doesn't do it for me, because I know what's going to happen. So, I don't know, that's just me, I'd prefer Aliens. All right. That's what I've got for you today on this defensive-oriented Chief in the North podcast. There's reasons to be pessimistic, certainly, but there are some reasons to be optimistic as well. We have no idea what's going to happen, and that's the that's the ultimate thing for me, is we just really don't know what it'll look like until it gets on the field. And so that's the thing that I'm hanging on to right now. Also, the fact of the matter is, defensive free agency isn't over yet, nor free agency itself, and we still have the draft. We'll see where things go from here. I do think they are going to field a more talented team than they had last year. I think they already could, even if they took the field today. So, again, there's reason to be pessimistic, but there's reason to be optimistic. If they make no more moves on defense at all in free agency in the draft, I'm my sense of dread will continue to grow. So I'll leave you with that cheerful thought. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you subscribing and reviewing and rating. You guys have been great about that. You've said some very kind things that are not even remotely true, but I appreciate your willingness to lie for me. Uh, This has been the Chief of the North podcast with Seth Kaiser. I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.